You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem Israel 5781, 2021. This week's Parsha is Parsha Shlach. And before we get into what I'd like to share with you today, I just want to ask you once again, my crowdfunding for my new album is coming to an end in just a few days. I'm already at over 68%, $21,000 almost raised out of 30000 goal. AriGoldwag.com slash new album. If you believe in this message, music is one of the most powerful ways to communicate that message. So head over there and help me create more great music. All right, thank you. Now, let's get into this medrash. I'd like to share with you a beautiful piece in the medrash in our parsha. The medrash is talking about the Maraglim, these men that were sent, who sent told Moshe Rabbeinu to send these people to be the messengers for Klai Yisrael, to, to look at Eretz Yisrael, to get, a, get the lay of the land, to understand who's there, to know what they're up against, so that they would be able to have, it's very interesting, to the, they would be able to have the proper bitachin. You can't have bitachin in HaKadosh Baruch Hu that He's going to help you, unless you know what you're up against. That's what we see here. But, as we all know, the mission was bungled. The mission was messed up because of their Torah sign, their negative view. Let's see the Medrash, and there's some amazing, amazing things that we can learn from this Medrash. Moshe Rabbeinu said to these Malachim, the word messengers could be a shliach, a malach, these are all words for messengers. So they were sent as messengers, Shlach Anoshim, right? And Moshe Rabbeinu says to them, Go up from the south, the south of Eretz Yisrael. And I'm going to read this Medrash, if you look at it inside, so you'll see I'm going to read it slightly different than it's written. There's different girses in the Medrash, different uh, versions of how it should be read. I'm going to go with this version. Rebrechia HaKain says the name of Rebbe, that as they were going up, so the first thing that they saw, they came up from the south. As they were going up, they saw these three sons of the giant. Shamachimon Sheshayvet Talmai. Who is there? These three giants. Achiman Sheshayvet Talmai. Lama Nekroshmei Achiman. Medjushir brings, it's also Gemara. Why was he called Achiman Sheyoyimer Achai Mayovoyolai? Achiman was a very brazen individual. He said, my brothers, who's going to come up against me? He was very prideful. He was very powerful. He knew that he was strong. He said, who can, who can fight me? That was his name, Achiman. Sheshai, the second brother. He's called Sheshai because he was as strong as marble. He was tough. Talmai He's called Talmai because... Whenever he would walk, he would create ditches in the earth. A telem is a, is a ditch. He was such a heavy person. Boom! Every time he would walk, they would make ditches in the earth. Yilideha Anak. They were the children of the giant. They saw him. They saw the father, the giant. That he was so tall that the son... When he would stand in front of the sun, the sun looked like an ornament around his neck. When the Muraglim saw these, these three giants and their father, 
So they became fearful. That's why they said, they are too strong, which we would normally translate as, they are too strong for us. But the Medrash says, the word doesn't mean from us, it actually means from him. They are stronger than him. Reshlakish says that they actually spoke heresy over here. They were, they were shooting arrows, so to speak, at Hashem. They were saying that these giants are too great for God. God was able to, you know, overcome the Egyptians. He was able to overcome Pharaoh. But these guys are too big for God. So because they said that, that's why the result was terrible decrees. What did God say to Jeremiah the prophet? Go say to them, this is a verse in Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 16. Go say to them, you don't know what you just spoke. You don't understand what's coming out of your mouth. This great confusion that you spoke about, this great confusing speech that you made, you don't realize what it caused. You sparked a fire upon yourselves. Each day, each day that they were there, 40 years, the Jews would be wandering around the desert. Why? Because of the 40 days. The 40 days that the spies went through the land, saw all of the negative things that they saw, and brought this negative report back to the Jewish people. I want to pause here and ask a question, which I believe perhaps we can see a very deep answer to. It seems unfair. If it's midah connected midah, usually a measure for measure means, if I did something wrong, I get back what I did. They walked around for 40 days. Why is Kali Yisrael uh, doomed to, to wander the wilderness for 40 years? It doesn't sound like it's measure for measure. Hard to understand. But the measure says this. And interestingly, as my son Moshe Dov pointed out, they sparked a fire. Listen carefully to this, because this is an essential point. They sparked a fire. Right, think about it. When a person starts a fire, heaven forbid, a, heaven, a, a forest fire, a, a fire that consumes, in the olden times, all the houses were made out of wood. Fire could consume all of the houses in a village. That little spark has the ability to cause a much bigger damage. Just a little spark causes a great damage. Those 40 days caused 40 years of damage to the Jewish people. Okay, hold on to that thought. But that's what we see in this verse. That's what we see. The damage was much greater than it looked. Amru, listen carefully. This is, this is here we get to another very important point, an essential point. Hear this, because this is the essence of what I want to speak about. They said, we felt like we were grasshoppers. We felt so small in comparison to these great giants. That statement, God says, that's fine. If you felt like grasshoppers in relationship to them, no, that's all right. Here was the mistake that they made. They said, we were grasshoppers in their eyes. That was the mistake. Do you know how I made you appear to them? Says Hashem to the to the Miraglim. 
you know how you appear to them? You know how I made you appear to them? Hashem was Zacharai. Hashem was responsible that these Maragum would come through the land and not be noticed or perceived by the inhabitants of the land. So Hashem says to them, you don't know how you look to them. Who says that you didn't appear like Malach? Malach is an angel or a messenger. This is an important point. How do you know that you don't look like angels? What did you cause yourself through this mistaken understanding? By your thinking that they see you a certain way, the result was that you caused this destruction for Kleistra to be stuck in the wilderness. The Geula, the redemption was there. They were about to walk into the land of Israel and it was pushed off by 40 years. Why? Because of how they saw themselves. Not just how they saw themselves, how they thought that the nations of Israel, who lived in, in Israel at the time, how they perceived them. That resulted in this negative outcome for the Jewish people. Okay, so just the, the point here that I want to focus on is, they could have been malachim, they could have been angels, they could have been true messengers of God. They hadn't got caught not caught up in their negative view of themselves, in their and even the negative view of themselves is okay, as long as they didn't make the mistake to think that the giants saw them that way. Hashem is saying to them, "You had the opportunity to be my my messengers, and if you're my messengers, you're protected." I have to mention, Moshe Dov also showed me. There's a message at the beginning of the parsha. I don't want to read it inside. I don't want to. There's not enough time for that. But it says that 40 years later, there were two more messengers sent by Yahushua. Yahushua was the leader who was going to bring the Jewish people into Israel. 40 years later, he sent Kalev, who was one of the ten, one of the 12 uh, spies here. Kalev and Pinchas. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akoyin. He was a Kohen. He was a priest. And the Medrash proves from the verses that he was able to make himself invisible. Listen to this, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Understand this very well, because it's essential also. He was a messenger of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was someone who was completely beholden, mishubud. Not just beholden, he was completely subservient to Hashem. He was a true messenger of God. Such that, when Rachav was hiding the two, the verse says that she only hid one of them. The Medrash understands from that that Pinchas didn't need to be hidden because he became invisible. He was not able to be seen by those who were searching for these spies of the Jewish people. When a person is a true messenger of God, he has complete protection. He's not even noticed by those who seek out his ill welfare. They could have had that. They could have had that. They could have been invisible, or at least not not seem like bugs to be squashed if they understood the true purpose of their mission. Says the Medrash, as it continues, who was and who will be? Right, We mentioned Pinchas as the one who can make himself invisible. He's the one who's the coin, is the priest. He's the ultimate, like a coin that we've spoken about in the past. He's the, the ultimate shliach of God. The ultimate messenger of God, the ultimate one who is subservient to Hashem, 
The Jewish people were not able to get into the land of Israel as a result of this terrible sin. They listened to the spies. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Yisrael says God to the Jewish people, it might be true that in those times there were messengers that were not proper messengers, and they prevented the Jewish people from getting into, excuse me, from getting into Israel. Since these were human, human messengers with human foibles, who made human mistakes, they're not going to get it. That's why they didn't get into the land of Israel. Before Mashiach comes, in the world to come, interesting language, I'm going to send to you a malach, an angel, a messenger. Suddenly, he's going to clear out the way so you can walk in. The purpose of a messenger is to prepare the way for the Jewish people to be able to enter into Eretz Israel, to the land of Israel. Who is that messenger? Malachi. Verses in, in Malachi, chapter 3, verse 1. I'm sending my angel, God says, and he will clear the path before me. Suddenly will come to the, to the Heichal, to the divine place. Talking about the Beis HaMikdosh. Hashem is going to appear. God is going to come down suddenly. But before he comes suddenly, this is how the Marzu explains this, Peace in the Medrash. Before he comes down suddenly, he sends an angel. The angel, as the Marzu explains, is mentioned later in the verses. It's the end of the, the chapter there in Malachi. I'm sending to you Elijah the prophet. Before that awesome day comes, that God reveals himself. Eliyahu Hanavi, which our sages tell us, is the same person as Pinchas. He lived forever. He's still around today. He's called the Malach Abris. He's called the Angel of the Covenant. Eliyahu Anovi is the ultimate angel, the ultimate messenger of God. He speaks on behalf of God. He's completely subservient to God. He's the one who comes at the end of time. He is the true messenger that God sends Himself. He's like an angel. The Jewish people will receive that messenger. We'll find out Mashiach is about to arrive. And God will reveal Himself for all the world to see. What is the Medrash saying here? What is the, what is the deeper message of this Medrash? There's two types of messengers. There's a messenger who does it. Maybe they're paid to do it. Maybe they have some ulterior motive for doing it. But they're not doing it because of me. They're doing it for some reason inside of themselves. And if something crops up, their own motivation is going to take over. That's what happened with the Miraglim. They were not true messengers to the one who sent them. They weren't. They didn't feel like they were being sent by God. They didn't have that focus that, hey, what we're after is to bring the Jewish people into Israel. We, have, we are certain that God is going to bring us into Israel. They, they had these outside motivations. Hey, when we get into Israel, we're going to lose our positions of power. They just cared about themselves. The true messenger of Hashem, the true Malach, he's called a Malach. And the Medrash earlier, in the first section over here, says that the Nevi'im were called Malachim, the prophets were called angels, true messengers of God. The, uh, 
we find in the Gemara and Talmud Chachamim are called true messengers of God. The, the Torah scholars, the sages are called messengers, malachim, angels. Why? Because they're completely filled with focus on what is God's will for me, for others. Where are we headed? That's all they think about. Their complete focus, all they care about is the will of God and how can we bring about greater covet Shema and greater honor to heaven? You see in this Medrash where our focus needs to be, where we need to be headed, where we, what we need to be thinking about. And it's very powerful to me and interesting to me that the focus of this whole story, the description of these events, the focus here is getting to Eretz Yisrael. The, the representation, I would say, of the will of God, the Geula, the redemption, is represented by walking into Israel, wanting to get into Israel, caring more about getting into Eretz Yisrael than caring about my own desires and needs for honor, for success, for wealth. That's what it seems to say. That's what the story seems to say. The Torah expects us, the Torah expects us to put our she'ifa, our desire for Eretz Yisrael. And it might not be possible to get here yet for you or for many others. But there should be a she'ifa. This is where I want to be. I should be davening. I, I was saying to my son, you know, if you can't be here, you can't be here. You know, there's a lot of Jews who live outside of Israel, but the Shi'ifa, Moshe Rabbeinu, he prayed 515 times. He couldn't come. He couldn't get into Eretz Yisrael, into the land of Israel. 550 times. He couldn't get in. He kept davening. That's what, that's what we should be desiring. The desire for Eretz Yisrael represents the desire to do the will of Hashem. That's what a true malach is, a true angel, a true messenger of God his focus is, how can we get into Eretz Yisrael? How can we get in to the land of Israel? And as the Gemara says, not just because we want to see the beauty of the land, because this is our, you know, we have a Jewish nation, we have an army, nothing to do with that. Eretz Yisrael is where I can do the mitzvahs. I can't do Trumas and Meisus and Chutzlarts. I don't have a mitzvah of Chala in Chutzlarts at the same level as Israel. I can't do the mitzvah of Shemitah in Chutzlarts. There's so many misses you can't do if you're not here. What is our, what, where is our subservience to God? And if not indeed, at least in she'ifa, at least in desire. And I have to share with you something that Moshe Dov, my son, said again. And that is, and if you live in Eretz Yisrael, do you have a she'ifa to go to Yushalayim? Do you have a desire to go to the Kaisel? Do you wish you could be there? Maybe you can't. Maybe your car is broken down, which my car was for the last few weeks. Or Hashem, it's fixed. I'm going today to bring my son back to Yeshiva. He had an orthodontist appointment. We're going to bring him back to Yeshiva in Yushalayim. Do we have a Sha'ifa to be in a place of more Kedusha, of more holiness? Because that's what separates a true... Malach, a true messenger of God, from a person who seems to be doing the will of God, but really just cares about themselves. Where's my she'ifa? 
Where's my belief? You know, people say, I can't get into, you know, people say, it's hard to live in Israel. Parnasa, Chinuch, this reason, that reason. The, the, the Maraglim also had reasons they felt they would lose their positions of power. You know, if I live in Israel, I can't really accomplish as much as I could accomplish outside of, outside of Israel. That may be true. But what do we care about? Or what's our sheifa? What's important to us? Ourselves? Our own honor? Our own view, vision of, of way, the way things are supposed to be? The way Yiddishkeit looks? What the Tyrus says? The entire Tyrus is Lech Lecha Avram Avinu Leave your comfort zone Leave your comfort zone And come to Israel That's what Hashem says to Avram Avinu and the entire story of the Jewish people is wandering through the desert on their way to Israel and the stumbling blocks on their path. Moshe Rabbeinu wishing he could get there. That's the whole Torah. Do we imbibe this message? Do we feel this? And if we don't, we need to recognize who are we identifying with. And it's, a, it's an easy switch. I'm not saying move here tomorrow if it doesn't make sense for you. But I'm saying a she'ifa. I wish I could live there. A tefillah, Hashem, make it possible for me to live there. Because if you look at the Maraglim, their mistake was that they said, it's too hard for him. These giants are too big for God. Where was their bitachan? Where was their faith that God can do anything? They had just seen unbelievable miracles. Bitachan, belief, feeling, knowing, knowing that Hashem will do it for me. It doesn't really make sense for me to, to live in Israel. Do you, know, do you know how many jobs I would have if I lived in New York? Do you know how many singing engagements? Do you know how rich I would be? I don't relate to the Israeli mindset, the, the music that they like. Do you know how hard it is? But this is my place, and I'm going to make it here. I'll be talking, Hashem's going Hashem's to take care of it. I know He will. That was what was missing. In the Maraglim, Sheifa, Bitachim, Desire, where do I want to be? Where, where do I want to be? You know, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but my great-grandparents were Zionists. They lived, Saba Yosef, Yosef Yitzhak Streisand, he lived in a town called Brijan. He was a Zionist. My, my bubby, and Zaidi, they moved to Israel, to Palestine in the 1930s. And they didn't live here very long. They couldn't make it. But my great-grandfather and my great-grandmother and my Bubby's sister moved here to Israel with their help, with my Bubby and Zaidi's help. And even though my Bubby and Zaidi moved to New York, they always had a shifa. They sent my father to schools and camps that focused on the importance of Eretz Yisrael, of Israel, and eventually my parents moved here for a short time, didn't make it, moved back to America, but always in my heart, I knew I'm going to Eretz Yisrael. I knew that. It was a shifa of my bubbies, my bubby and Zaidi, it was a shifa of my alta, my alta bub and my alta Zaidi. It was their desire. They didn't, my bubby, my, my Saba Yosef and, and my bubby Rachel, are buried here in Israel. They they got here and they stayed here, but eventually their great grandchildren are here. Is that our Sha'ifa? Where do we want to be? Do we believe that we can make it? Do we believe that our Bitachin is strong enough? 
Are we true messengers of Hashem? That's the choice that we have each and every day, which I think is something that can be expressed in our desire. Where are we headed? What do we think is possible? What do we know is possible? Do we desire to be in Yerushalayim? Do we want that place of greater Kedusha? Do we want Beis HaMikdash? Are we wondering how it's possible? If we're friends with Arabs, how can making peace agreements with them, how is it possible that we're going to get a base of English on, on Harabayas? Is that, does that bother us? It bothers me. What's our Sha'ifa? What are we hoping for? Are we still stuck thinking like our children and grandchildren and like our great-grandchildren are going to live in America? Or is our Sha'ifa that, that we should live in Eretz Yisrael? We should live in, our children should live there, our grandchildren should live there. Where are we headed? Are we headed for greater Kedusha? That's what this Medrash is demanding of us. That was the mistake of the Maraglim. Their personal preferences were more important than a deeper Sha'ifa for Kedusha, a deeper desire for holiness, a deeper desire for connection to God. Are we to... to quote a phrase from my youth are we on the road to Yerushalayim are we headed towards Yerushalayim to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's open, open arms are we waiting for Elio Anovi the true Malach the true messenger of God who's completely subservient to God are we waiting for him to announce the Geula that is a question I think we need to ask ourselves and we need to strive for and to be shayif, desire. And if we don't have that, maybe we need to daven. That maybe we need to want to want. If we don't already want, maybe we need to daven that Hashem should help us to want that. Or maybe we already want that, and we need to daven that it should happen. Or maybe even deeper, we can have bitachon that it will happen. Might not know how, but that it will happen. I want to bless you, and I ask you to bless me. That Hashem should help us to understand the importance, the beauty, the chashivus, the kedusha, the holiness of the land of Israel. And when we are focused on that, that's important to us. We draw more holiness into ourselves. Hashem should help us that that should be our hope and our goal. And we should be true messengers of Hashem, of God. And in that way we should merit to, to come back to Eretz Yisrael, to hear the shofar blowing, Elio Anovi, to see the man himself, as he's Mavasar the Geula, as he heralds the redemption. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.